This is The Widow Podcast and I am Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I'll be supporting you through the loss of your life partner so you can find a more positive way through your grief. I want to give you hope after loss and to know that when you are ready, you can create a meaningful life for yourself with the help of me, Karen Sutton and The Widow Podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Widow Podcast. I want to talk to you today about something that can happen quite naturally and unconsciously. And this is where the death of our person overshadows their life. And like I say, it's very easy to do. And in the early days, we are naturally very focused on their death. You know, I remember after Simon died, it was just on a loop in my head, like going around all the time. Simon's dead. Simon's dead. Simon's dead. It was, it was there day in, day out, even in my sleep. So there's a part in grief where it's very natural to be very focused on the death because that needs time. We have to process this loss. This is, this is huge. This is monumental. This is life changing. And we're not able to just push that aside and focus on, on the life of our person and remember all the good stuff. There is a process. We have to work through it and, and it needs that time and space. And we give it that. And there's no timeline on this. This is all very individual and unique, as everything is with grief. That you start to notice as you move through your grief that your sole focus of your person is around the fact that they died. And it's remembering, actually, our person lived. And they lived for a long time, not long enough granted. But the death is a very short, significant and huge, but short part of their experience here on earth. And learning to focus on the life that they lived, the memories that we created together, the moments that we shared, the achievements that we made together, are so much more comforting to us. And it's those things that allow us to create a life for ourselves whilst honouring them, taking them forward with us and being the things that we loved most about them. Because they taught us so much. They gave us so much. They shaped us who we are today. We wouldn't be who we are today if we hadn't have had them in our lives. They also drove us mad at times. There was things about them that irritated us. Of course there was, because that's life, right? None of us are perfect. And you love somebody warts and all, and you accept them for everything that they are. You know, Simon could be a real miserable bugger, but he was my miserable bugger. And it's remembering that, you know, allowing yourself to remember them for everything that they were and remaining connected to them because 
you know, they have died, you know, physically they are no longer here. They're not here in body anymore, but our love for them continues. That never dies. And for me, keeping that love alive and keeping that love cherished is in the remembering of their life, of who they were, of the sharing of stories, of saying their name, you know? And and this becomes difficult for us, doesn't it? And I think it becomes difficult for the people around us because how do we continue to talk about somebody who is no longer here? Because there's not new memories being made and we're not able to share the day-to-day stuff that we would ordinarily share with the people around us. And and there's those moments, isn't there, when you say your person's name or you talk about a memory or you, you share a thought that you've had and people don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. There's a discomfort. There's a moment of, what do I say here? What are they going to do next? Are they going to get upset? Are they going to laugh? I, d- I don't know how to handle this situation. And it's normalizing that. And I think it's saying to people, I want you to continue talking about them. It means a lot to me, you you know, and there was, you know, after Simon died, actually a a few people messaged me that knew him in a, in a different capacity, um, through work or, you, you know, through university that in a way they knew him in a way that I didn't. And people wrote me letters, people sent me messages, and they told me stories about Simon that I didn't know, that he hadn't shared with me, not because they were a secret or anything, but just just things. There were just things that happened in, in his life. And I loved hearing those. And it's helping people understand how incredible it is for us to keep hearing stories about our person to keep remembering everything that they were, that they stood for in their life, because that's who they were and understanding the value that they brought to our lives. And as our grief evolves, as we move through it, as we start to to find our feet and, and rebuild, and this is, you know, different timeframes for everyone. It's so helpful for us in our healing if we can give time and space not only to the fact that they died and that the grief that that brings and the sadness but also for the times that we shared with our person those precious moments and the value that they brought to our lives because remember they died that is tragic. It is sad. It is devastating. You know, I've never known despair like it. Losing a life partner is huge. We know that. But it's remembering that we didn't die. We didn't die. We're still here. And we get to create something moving forward that feels good to us, that also is shaped by the time that we spent with our person. Thinking about what would they want for you? What can you do in their honour? You know, I always remember Simon's um, dad died. We, We were friends before we were in a relationship together. And before we developed our relationship and, and we were friends, his, his dad died. 
And the way he dealt with it for me was very inspiring, actually, because I, I, I hadn't suffered a significant loss at that point and I didn't understand anything about grief. And Simon was very much, it's sad and I miss him. However, I am going to continue to live my life in the best way that I can because that's what my dad would do. That's what my dad would want me to do. That was his take on life, you know, and this isn't everyone's take on life. This is just Simon's that we're here, we live, we die. And and the people that we leave behind have to carry on living because they too one day are going to die and leave people behind. And, and it's for him, it was almost wanting to be what he wanted everyone else to be. Does that make sense? Because I think that's, we model the behavior that we want those around us to be in life as well, don't we? And he was very good at that. And he was quite black and white in his thinking, which sometimes was infuriating. However, in that situation, I really admired it because he, you know, he was like, he's he's dead. You, you know, like not living my life because he died is not serving any kind of purpose. And I guess that shaped me and, and how I grieved Simon because I learned from him because we do learn from our people. And, you know, I remember on his dad's death day, you, you know, like I, anniversary, it's a terrible word, but I think it was, you know, maybe the second or third um, year after he died. And, um, you know, I remember saying, Simon, what are you going to do? Do you, do you want to do something? Are you going to see your mum? And he was like, no, I just, I don't want this day to become a, a thing. It's a day. And, you know, it's, it's one day in his life that he died on, but there were so many other days that he lived and I want to remember those. And that was so powerful to me. And we can't control how we feel. You know, when Simon's day comes around each year that he died on, it does have an impact on me. However, I, I very much try to live on those days and remember the days that Simon lived on and doing things that in my life, I suppose, moving forward that, that he did in his life, for, you know, my way of honoring him. And that's, you know, to work hard, to go after what you want. Like things don't just land in your lap. He was very much a go-getter and he very much believed we are not entitled to anything in life. Nothing is going to just come to you. You have to go out there. You have to push yourself. You have to do things. You have to take action. And if you want something, you don't well go out there and you work for it and you get it and you do not give up. And I have really, really taken this on board because that isn't naturally the way I am. And, and I've had to learn how to do this actually through my grief and, and through what I do now as, as a widow coach and, and, you know, setting up my own business. God, I wish he was here to help me with this because as you know, like I, you know, I'm a, I'm a nurse, I'm a midwife historically, and, and I know nothing about running businesses and the tech behind it and setting up websites and all this kind of stuff. Um, and he knew all that stuff, but like he said, you know, if you want something, you work for it, you learn, you figure it out. And, and that's what I'm doing. And he, and he's given me that. And I love that. And I want our girls to have that outlook as well. I don't, I don't want them to be entitled. Simon really didn't warm to people that had 
an air of entitlement about them. Like they deserved something like, no, you you know, you, you have to go out and work for what it is you want. And, you know, I want to guide the girls in a way that he would have guided them. You know, every month I donate money to a, a dog charity because he absolutely adored dogs. And that's just something that I do on the side. That's my little nod to Simon and his love for dogs, because it just, it just feels like the right thing to do. And it, and it feels like I'm continuing something that he was passionate about. And I'm living because we're here. We're here to. And Simon lived. You know, he traveled. He worked hard. He achieved great things. He, he pushed boundaries. He went after what he wanted. He didn't waste time doing things he didn't want to do or seeing people he didn't want to see. And, and yeah, like I say, a bit black and white at times, but he lived. And I so admire him for that. And, and that's what helps me. And I want you to think about your person and how they lived. How did they live? What values did they have that you can continue with? What did they teach you? What did they love to do? What beliefs did they have? What was important to them in their life? Because these things help us find our way forward. This helps us see that our person lived. Keep talking about them. Keep sharing stories. Ask people to share stories with you. And okay, it won't always be appropriate, but create times. I remember um, on one of my calls once, somebody said to me they'd created a quiz one evening and they all had to create questions and do this quiz around their person because what a wonderful way to learn about someone, like, because everyone brought something different to the table. It's a way of making something about them, but it's also a bit of fun. And it's really sometimes thinking, how can I keep them alive? How can I remember them for living and everything that they stood for in that? And how can I continue that in my life? Because I'm here and I'm living. And one day I won't be. And one day you won't be either. And what do you want from that time that you are here? Now, I'm not saying that we do all this and we don't think about the fact they died. We don't spend time in our grief. We don't acknowledge the loss. That's not what I'm saying. It's not an either or situation. It's both. It's creating time and space for both. Remember, there is so much duality in grief. There really is. There's space for so many contradictory thoughts and feelings and emotions. And a lot of it, you know, it is opposites. So much becomes bittersweet, doesn't it? Because you can find so much joy in a moment, yet there's still that sadness that your person isn't here to share that moment with you. And it's, it's saying, yeah, I can do this. I can have time and space for both. But where are you going to, to put your attention? Like acknowledge them, but think about what feels good. Think about what connects you to them, where you can. If it's too heavy, if it's too hard in that moment, then sit the grief, sit, sit with the pain because that does need our time and attention. But there are times when we almost stop ourselves from having those moments of joy, of connection of pleasure, of peace, because we, we attach a guilt to it. We think it means something it doesn't. When actually, for me, one of the best things we can do for our person in honoring them 
is continuing our lives in the way that they would want us to, that would make them feel proud, that would make them think, do you know what? They did listen. There were a lot of times I didn't listen to Simon. And actually, there's a lot of things that that he lived by (laughs) that irritated me when he was alive. However, in his death, they made more sense. They gave me something. And it's those things as well that help me pave my way forward. So give the, the grief, the loss, the death, the time it needs. But remember, your person lived. They had a, a big, full life. They, they achieved things in. They created memories in. And it's those things that we want to take forward with us because they mean the most and they are so precious to us. If this has helped, please share it with somebody that you know and rate, review (laughs) if you are able to. It really helps me reach other people that need this support in the darkest of days. Sending you lots of love. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to The Widow Podcast with me, Karen Sutton. If you would like to be part of a supportive community of people who understand your grief, come and join my free Facebook group, Widowed and Rising. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of The Widow Podcast. Podcast.